Let's say you put $6,000 worth of freeze-dried food on a credit card because it makes you feel good at the time. You're using debt as comfort food. And what happens when you eat a lot of comfort food? You gain weight. Well, what happens when you use debt as comfort food and you emotionally prep? You end up not with weight, but with a lot of debt. When disaster strikes, will you be prepared? This is Prepping 2.0 with authors and prepping experts, Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Online at prepping2-0.com. Get ready. Prepping 2.0 coming in 3, 2, 1. Welcome, everyone. This is Shelby Gallagher over here at Prepping 2.0, joined by my co-host on this show and co-host in live. Glenn Tate. Hello, Glenn. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing well. I'm doing okay. Here's the thing. Just so everybody knows, open book, transparent. Absolutely. Um, chemotherapy. I do not feel awesome right now, so I'm a little low energy, so I'm sure everybody will be cool and just, uh, you know, be understanding. So yeah. anyway, well, it'll still and, be a good show, and, but and, good topic, just a little less zippity-zappity Yeah, I was going to say, it's not like he's sick or anything like that. Just kind of, whoo, little, yeah. little winded, right? Yeah, exactly. So, okay, here's what we're going to talk about on this show. Two topics. Not related, but both topics we've been hearing from you guys that you want to hear. Number one, should you go into debt to prep? And number two, we're going to give you our updated thoughts on mutual assistance groups. But before we dive into that, we have a few quick items. Shelby, take it away with the top 100. It's time for this week's installment of the top 100 things that go the quickest in a crisis based on the experience of Bosnia's survivors of their collapse in the early 90s. You can find this list on our website, prepping2-0.com. This week, number 13 is water containers. Boy, I could see why that would be kind of helpful. Isn't it weird how, like, we've gone through this list a few times and enough time goes between each time we go through this that, you know, I don't know, two years ago when he did water containers, like, yeah, that seems like a good idea. Now it's like, no, seriously. Really good idea. Really good idea. Like today. Yes. Yeah. So, and there you go. There are all kinds of water containers out there, some of which are collapsible, easy to store. Uh, they don't have to be cheap. They don't have to be, you know, used pesticide containers or something oh, like that. please don't do that. Yeah, no, don't do that. Uh, get some water containers, put some money into it. We talked about uh, episode 91, water and water as a system. And we, we talked not only about obtaining it and purifying it, but storing it and transporting it. It's a system, you guys. Having water is only a quarter of it. You got to treat it, you got to store it, and you got to transport it sometimes. So, water containers. Well, lurkers. Lurkers come out of the shadows. You guys know where we're going with this. Regular listeners know. If you enjoy the regular show, thank you very much. If you're listening on radio or on the interwebs or podcasts, thank you very much. Bottom line, you're going to get a ton more out of this show, and today's show is going to be a good a example good of example, that. Good example, yeah. By becoming a Patreon and getting the after show and a bunch of other stuff. So please consider it. Don't lurk any longer. Get the full effect, the full value of the show by becoming a Patreon. Two bucks a month, you can have higher support levels, but two bucks a month, um, you should really consider it. I think it's worth two bucks a month. I humbly suggest that it is. Well, Shelby, we have a couple other announcements, and we're, we're by the way, we're paring down the announcements and jumping into the show. We've we've heard you, and we know that you guys like that, so we're going to do it. But two quick ones. Two quick ones. Set on your calendar, especially you live somewhere in the West, or if you're traveling in the West sometime during the first week of October, Sandpoint, Idaho. It's the oh gosh, I hope I do it right. North Idaho. N North the Idaho. Panhandle Park. Panhandle Preparedness Very, Expo. Yeah, it's kind of close to Spokane, Washington. Give you guys a so sense just, of it. So just put that in your search engine, and you'll get the website. It's October second and third. We will be there with a table, um, selling our wares and swag, and, and meeting everybody. Meeting everyone. This is like the wood stock of prepping. But no hippies. No drugs. Everyone has their clothes on. Everyone has their clothes on. So that's a plus. That is a plus. Especially it is if so you bring fun. the kids. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, they kicked it out of the park this last year when everyone was kind of just starting to get out of the COVID thing. They did some great classes. Mm -hmm. They There's some great vendors there. This is where I get great books on prepping that you'll know. It's where we met Jared Savick, our awesome mm -hmm. Montana it's realtor. It's where we met Todd Engel. Yeah. Uh, and we both ha had both of them on as guests since then. Great, great event. And with preparedness being like this dynamic thing right now because of all the new preppers since COVID and because the landscape keeps kind of changing. Mm -hmm. It's a great place to get resources, meet people. Get energized. We get energized. Mm -hmm. We go there. We meet you guys. We hang out. We have such a good time. Even if you're not in 
the immediate panhandle area, which it's, would be 99% of the country, um, consider traveling to yeah. it. Make it a family there's vacation a, There's thing. some of our fans that travel, they, they travel a long way to come. And I'll say this, we're going to be talking about mutual assistance groups. It's these kind of events mm-hmm. that you meet your tribe and yep. you meet your fellow preppers with that you can, you can lean on a little bit. Yeah, and another quick announcement, redstate-realtors.com is tearing it up we're getting more and more realtors to join thank you we're um thank you for your patience we don't have every state filled but uh, we're getting there uh consider it as a resource if you live in a blue state or are considering relocating to a red state and you're like hey i need a realtor like i don't know i'm thinking about tennessee well click on tennessee on redstate-realtors.com and you come up with Lizzie McDaniel, who's this awesome realtor. Uh, She did a video bonus show for us, knocked it out of the park. She's been getting a lot of calls from you guys uh, who are thinking about relocating to Tennessee. It's great. She's one of us. And um, she understands what you're going through. She understands Tennessee. And like I say, being one of us, let's be honest. Let's keep our business within the community. You know what I'm saying? It's a good thing to do. Well, let's get into it. Topic number one. Sorry, guys. I'm a little, just a little bit dulled right now. I apologize, but um, it'll be okay. It'll be the good. The content's still good. Oh, this is this Delivery is meaty is stuff. Delivery is a 9 out of 10. Content is an 11. Oh, yeah. See what I did there? It averages out. It averages out to a 10. <laughs> First topic is debt. And this is something we haven't talked about. Uh, this is something that is very important to a lot of people because everybody listening, unless you're independently wealthy, and that's probably not anybody... Um, you, debt is something you think about. You have to consider debt when it comes to getting your prepping done. And um, we've, we've, well, Shelby can explain why this came to the well, forefront. We touched on it yes. in a recent show on inflation, on inflation, and got a comment on social media where someone really misunderstood what we were saying, and we realized, you know what, we need to clarify and. And tell you what we're really thinking about this and, and, and draw it out some more. So the person who got a hold of us said, in essence, and we're paraphrasing, yeah. I can't believe Glenn and Shelby are telling people not to pay their debts. And not to get out of, you know, and, and, and debt. To go into debt to prep. Yeah. No, okay. we aren't. Wrong on both counts. Number one, we're not saying don't pay off debt. What we said was, and we'll elaborate on this in a moment. When interest rates are low on a fixed interest rate thing like a mortgage at, say, 2.75%, and inflation is between 9 and 12% and going up, it kind of makes sense to not take your cash and pay off your mortgage when you could use that cash because of inflation, get more stuff. Basically, your, your mortgage is subsidizing you a bit. Um, that's all we said. Well, and, and, and when that we, was yes. And and I went back and listened to this show that mm-hmm. was referenced. And I made sure, and, and this person definitely really misunderstood. We never said what he accused us of saying, but uh, so what? Don't hear us say this now. We're, you're, we're not saying don't pay, make your mortgage payment every month. Yes, please <laughs> do that. But it's don't it's, pay off your mortgage quickly. Don't throw extra money on right. your mortgage if exactly. you have listening carefully. A fixed rate uh, mortgage that is less than inflation, which would be like every fixed rate uh, mortgage is less than inflation. You know, the the feel good of, yeah, I'm paying down my mortgage extra early. Okay, that's great. See, that's an emotion. And that is um, misplaced when it comes to financial stuff. That great feeling you get about paying off your home loan in 2042 as opposed to 2043 Wow, that was great. You took all your cash, your spare cash. You didn't buy water treatment. You didn't buy food. You didn't buy guns. You didn't buy ammo. You didn't do all this prepping because you feel great about making sure the bank gets all of its money a year early. You guys, that's dumb. Well, and and let's also look at, and we were talking about, we talk about this topic a lot before we bring it on the air. We talk it out. All of us here in the room, that's you and I, Glenn, mm-hmm. as well as many people listening, I would say anyone over 30 has done the stupid thing where they racked up a credit card, a student loan debt, rack, a car payment or a house payment, and it was beyond their means mm-hmm. at a really high interest rate. Credit cards are really good for that. And and we've been kind of sucker punched by that 
and uh, spent and, and had to dig ourselves out of it. And um, that's that's the kind of debt. Yes, please get rid of that kind of debt because it's a monkey on your back. It 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 takes you down. It holds you down. You're not able to grow your wealth. You're not able to grow financially and have income, expendable income to spend on things like like prepping. prepping. So the, and and I, I all of us, many of us, have used the Dave Ramsey model of pay. And here's the model: pay off everything that is high interest first because that's the monkey on your back but those things that are at super low interest rate reconsider and listen to our argument before you go getting onto the keyboard and keyboard worrying and getting all mad <laughs> because because we'll slap the game you down changer, <laughs> well and i deleted the comment because the person did not listen to the show correctly but um this is a way to what we're going to talk about first of all we are not financial advisors I'm going to put that out there this is debt is not completely terrible if you manage it it's got to be managed and and you control it not it controlling you exactly i call it the dave ramsey one-dimensional approach to debt and by the way love dave ramsey dave ramsey has done more good for more americans than for preppers than just about anybody Absolutely. and so we love we love the idea we are 100 percent adherence to the idea that most of the time italics on most of the time Debt is bad and should be avoided at all costs. Mm -hmm. But Shelby's 100% right. If you manage debt and you consider some factors that we're going to go into in a moment about kinds of debt and purposes of debt, the conclusion that we've come to is debt is not 100% of the time a bad idea. Probably about 95% oh, of the gosh, time. Yeah. And, and you can leverage, think mm -hmm. about, about it this way as we go forward in this talk. We're going to talk about how to leverage it to your advantage as a yeah. prepper. Use debt to your advantage, you know, like banks do. Yeah. Um, one, of the, one of the key distinctions, well, let's just jump into these factors. Mm -hmm. Here are some factors. If you are going into debt for like luxuries, um, classic example is, I know on college campuses, there are all these like applications everywhere. At least when I went to college 100 years ago, they were print on paper, by the way, right. which I've heard is kind of going out of style. But there were all these uh, credit card applications. And so many people I know, I didn't do this. I did a little bit of it, but not a ton of it. But so many people I knew, they're in college, they don't have any money, and they want to get drunk all the time. So what do they do? They, they take out like four credit cards. They go to the bars. They're buying shots, they're being the big shots, and pretty soon, you know, they've got a bunch of debt. So if debt is for dumb, consumable things, like, I don't know, buying drinks for complete strangers right. at a bar, it's always a terrible idea. Now, the opposite of buying drinks for everyone in college would be good purposes of spending, whether it's debt or not, good purposes would be prepping items that can quite literally save your life, save your family's life, make your life much more comfortable. So that's factor number one. What, when it comes to whether debt's a good idea, what are you going into debt for? And if it's prepping items, that is not necessarily a bad thing. When we, and when we're talking about prepping items right now, this is what I want you to think about right now. And we've, and we have listened to other podcasts. We have done our research on this. We are in weird times right now, ladies and gentlemen. Um, scarcity of things is starting to really hit the fan, if you know what I mean. Um, chicken shortage right now. Chick mm -hmm. Like consumable chicken. Um, what else? Uh, fuel is going to be a big factor right now. Mm -hmm. What else is going scarce? Just uh, lumber to build a chicken coop. Lumber. We, and we did a it. It was show. all of our shows. It was right. real life inflation where we had all of our Patreons tell us all the stuff. You guys know that there's inflation. Right. That is a game changer. But on top of that, we've got new information since that show that the American food supply, just hear this. Any any stockpiles that uh, that producers had to uh, keep their supplies going and the supply chain itself is tapped out, zero, done, there's nothing left. This summer, the wheat crop, soybean, and the corn crop, already spoken for, our prices have doubled in the last few weeks. This is based on grain futures, which is Absolute. a real-life thing you can look up. This is not speculation. So you're going to see prices, you already have, we already talked about it, prices go up exponentially so what we're going to talk about now is going into debt as super low debt at manage to, to capture when you capture the value now while you one while you can get it and two while you can afford it 
So when you think about, I know, $1,000 in numbers so that you can buy a chicken coop, buy $1,000 in number right now at a low interest rate to offset the 20%, 30% increase in price. That Lock we've in ar- the price yes. now with debt is what she's saying. Lock in the price now with debt. So our factors, four factors, number one we talked about was the purpose of the debt. Prepping yes. is a good purpose. Number two, as Shelby was describing, inflation. This is what changes everything. Yes. A lot of you listening uh, didn't live through the 70s. Um, and don't remember what inflation was like. I was a, a little kid. I was and, a toddler, yeah. And as we described, I was the one that wanted to stay home from first grade to watch the Watergate hearing. So, yes, when I was a kid, I was actually pretty up on inflation. Well, you were weird then. You were I, weird then is the what we could, has yeah. not stopped. But, um, so, inflation is a thing. You guys, a lot of you have not experienced inflation, and so you haven't factored it in. Inflation is a huge factor. And Shelby's going to mention some sponsors, and then we're going to talk about factors three and four. Go so ahead, Shelby. a couple Shelby. of awesome, great sponsors. And one of them we could really use right now, Minutemen Coffee. Yeah. Great folks over there. Um, they are the only ones who do our signature blend, the I Miss America blend. Great folks, great patriots. And I believe they have some uh, kind of... Uh, a subscription service yeah. where every month you get coffee at your door and we have Drugs that. delivered to your oh house. Oh my gosh. And we would be drinking some right now if it weren't the evening time and yeah. we need to go to bed tonight. But go to their website. You can find them at prepping2-0.com. Click over on the friends and affiliates page. Use the code IMissAmerica at checkout. Get 15% off your order. Other great folks out there. EMP Shield. They have developed a device that will protect your device, whether it be your home, your car. Generator. Generator from an EMP. Vehicle vehicle from a coronal mass ejection super huge right now we just came across the headlines here in the last few days is the hacking of the pipeline (laughs) on the east coast you don't think we can get an emp or uh, it wouldn't be an emp it'd be a power surge from hacking but it would have the same effect same effect great um device to have use the code prepping 2.0 at checkout again check out our friends and affiliates page get 50 bucks off each device you can have a pretty awesome savings with that so what's next that we wanted to talk about before on the debt topic, we get to the next two of the four factors. I wanted to make a really important point, and that is this. Emotion needs to be taken out of this equation, like everything preparedness-related. Oh, yes. If you are emotional because you see a headline and something horrible is happening, and you act or react, I guess, without thinking and emotionally, And let's say you go and you put $6,000 worth of freeze-dried food on a credit card because it makes you feel good at the time. Here's what the problem with that is. That is the equivalent of comfort food. You are using debt as comfort food. And what happens when you eat a lot of comfort food? You gain weight. Well, what happens when you use debt as comfort food and you emotionally prep? You end up not with weight, but you end up with a lot of debt that you have to pay off over a long period of time. I remember when we first started uh, Prepping 2.0 radio show podcast, we had a few, several fans, I'm going to say several fans, email us, let us know, hey, we're listening. Yeah, we went through Y2K. When, yeah, this is a good story. This is a great story. And oh, yeah, yeah. And it was great. We prepped and everything. And, and we racked up, you know, six, seven, eight thousand dollars worth of debt that we're still paying off today. Folks, that's not what we're talking about. No. That's a mo- that is 100% a great example of the emotional. Oh, my gosh. And we were all there. I mean, how many of us went? I, I remember at the time went to Costco and spent four hundred dollars on canned food. I thought that was so shocking at the time um, because I, it was it was we were freaked out. Um, what I encourage you to do to prevent that emotional purchase, sit down with others, whether yes. it be in your, go ahead. Council of wise people. Other could be people. your spouse, could be your mutual assistance group. Or, or both. And what are the things you, you and your family, you and your group, you and your neighbor need? He or she might have, I don't know, power tools. You might have a freeze dryer. Can we pool resource, pool your resources? That way you don't need to go to, into exactly. debt to buy stuff that somebody already has. So do that. And then what are the things that are that you need and prioritize them? Water, water purification, number one. It should be in the top five for sure. Somebody should have it or you should be getting it. Um, and we've and we're, I'll say that we don't need to make a list right. right now, but prioritize those things and make a plan to get those things purchased here soon. And let me put an exclamation point on that. When you go into debt to buy something completely necessary, 
like water filtration. A Berkey or Sawyer water filter is probably 400 bucks, so it's not inexpensive. But when you go into debt for something like that, that is a good use of debt because it is the exact opposite of buying shots at a bar in college. And so you need to factor in the importance of what it is you're buying. In contrast, if you go into debt to quote prep, to buy a $3,000 1911 because you've always wanted one and you can justify that probably to your wife, probably not really, uh, as a quote prep, that is not a good use of debt because that is not a real prepping item. And and it needs to, if you're going to make that, it's a big decision to do that. If you're willing to go into debt to do this, it needs to be worth it, one, yes. So in other words, no shots in the bar. <laughs> it needs to be worth it and it needs to be manageable. You need to be able to make the payment and, and more each month to get that thing paid off. That this isn't just racking up a credit card and paying off Y two K debt twenty years later. That's that can't happen here. You've raised a great issue, and we promise, listeners, we're going to get to the other yes. two of the four factors. But Shelby just raised such a great issue. I want to want to seize upon that, and that is debt carrying capacity. And yes. I know that sounds like a big economics word. Here's the deal: if you can pay the debt, if you have enough disposable income to pay the debt for, say, the water filter. <coughs> then that changes the equation too. Because if you can pay for it, I mean, pay for the interest and the payments and all that, um, then it's a good idea. This is where a side hustle preppers or a skill that preppers have that they can then, you know, make money from is a big deal. You would be amazed, everybody. Just one little, and side hustles are side jobs, part-time gigs, little side business, little crafty things or whatever they may be. Um, you would be amazed at how far side hustle income goes when it can't comes to paying for prepping materials. So we can't stress enough how important a side hustle is or some other some business or something you do on the side, get creative. You might you might cut lawns. It doesn't have to be fancy, but really, really, really view it as not just extra money for buying shots at the bar, what you're doing with a side hustle is you're making extra money to allow you to prep. And the and the intermediate step between the money and the prepping is the debt. You make the money so you can pay the debt and you use the debt to get the necessary prepping items. Which is great. And and we've talked about we have multiple business we have our day jobs. Yeah. And then when so when you hear Glenn say we have like five jobs. Not kidding. What, what he's talking about is the side hustles that we do. Uh one of them is prepping 2.0. Mm-hmm. We do this uh, not only out of the goodness of our hearts, but it it helps. It helps mm-hmm. what we do, and we're very appreciative of that. So um, encourage you to think of those things. Uh, the books we've written is a side hustle. What else? Well, I just wanted to, before we go into the break here in a moment, I wanted to mention New Mana Foods. They make freeze-dried foods in large bulk capacities. This isn't single-serving mountain house stuff. Really good stuff. New Mana, N-U-M-A-N-N-A. 10% off if you use the coupon code PREP, lower case. At checkout, absolutely. Folks, stay with us. On the other side of the break, we're going to break down and talk about mutual assistance groups, tribes, and we're also going to mention the other two out of the four factors that we have so much good stuff. Oh, I we, know. We just got sidetracked. Don't go away, everyone. More Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher is coming right up. Hear all our previous shows free online at prepping2-0.com. Prepping 2.0 is about that next level of prepping. One of the key 2.0 items to have is bulletproof body armor plates. I used to think body armor was too tactical for a regular guy like me, but it isn't. Give yourself, your family, and your team an unfair advantage when bullets are flying. Body armor used to be expensive and hard to get. Not anymore. KD Armor, and that stands for come and take it, makes solid and affordable body armor for normal people. Get body armor while you can. The clowns in Congress are trying to prohibit future sales. KD Armor is the place to get it. C-A-T-I-Armor.com. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount when you use the coupon code GRANT. 
Abe Lincoln here. In 1773, patriots broke the chains of British tyranny by throwing tea into Boston Harbor. On that day, Americans began drinking coffee. We celebrate that event daily here at Minutemen Coffee. All men are created equal. <laughs> coffee is not. Minutemen Coffee is roasted to perfection in small batches. Bold, smooth, and never bitter. Shipped to you fresh daily. Whole bean, ground, or our patented pods. www.minutemencoffee.com PrepperNet, where preppers unite. Looking to meet other like-minded people in your area? Looking to start your own prepper group? Already have a group? Join PrepperNet.com. PrepperNet has gathered the biggest names in the industry to help unite preppers everywhere. Join John Jacob Schmidt, Scott Hunt, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy, Glenn Tate, Shelby Gallagher, Charlie Hogwood, Samuel Culper, Survivor Jane, Rick Austin, Franklin Horton, Ryan Mitchell, and Brian Duff. Our team is united. Check us out at PrepperNet.com. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. PrepperNet.com. When the grid goes down, darkness will descend fast. Used to be there was nothing you could do about an EMP, electromagnetic pulse, or CME, coronal mass ejection. Now you can protect your electronics, protect your family, thanks to EMP Shield. EMP Shield invented a simple to install device that prevents whatever's connected to it from frying in an EMP or a CME, and it costs just a few hundred dollars. EMP Shield has been tested by independent laboratories and passed muster with the government, which has ordered lots of them. Google EMP Shield and see for yourself. And save some money. Get a $50 discount per device. Go to prepping2-o.com. Click on the Friends and Affiliates page, then click on the EMP Shield logo. At checkout, use coupon code PREPPING2.0. It's all one word. Shelby Gallagher here. We found that you need to layer your food preps. Yeah, this is Glenn Tate here. A lot of times the hardest part of layering is the long-term foods. We love new mana foods, which have a 25-year shelf life and are non-GMO. Also, organic meals are available. Numana comes in family-style portions and in bulk. This is not backpacking food. It's family meals that last for at least 25 years. The perfect freeze-dried part of your food layering. You can get a sample of Numana meals for $19.95 and see for yourself. You will be amazed. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount by entering the code PREP. Go to Numana.com or click the link on the Prepping 2.0 website. Give it a try. Numana.com. That is N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. Now, more of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Welcome back, everybody, to Prepping 2.0, the second segment. We're so glad you're with us. We wanted to follow up on the topic of debt, and we wanted to mention the two of the four remaining factors. We got so excited. This, by the way, if you've ever been to Glenn and Shelby's house, this is like us on like a Tuesday evening or a Saturday morning. We're like, ooh, here's some cool stuff about debt and prepping. And we get so into it. We lost a little bit of track of the outline, but guess what? You're still listening. So it must've turned out okay. And this is good stuff. So uh, factor three of four, this is a reason why debt may make sense if you're buying necessary prepping items, and that is scarcity. Now, it is related to inflation, which we talked about. That was item number two or factor number two. Scarcity now is a fact. Um, we know that that you know they, they're not making cars because they don't have chips. If you've tried to buy some models of Baofeng radios on Amazon, they're not there anymore. You guys know about scarcity as as a factor. Once again, just like with the 1970s inflation stuff, a lot of you haven't lived through the 70s um, and the inflation and the scarcity. You know, there were oil embargoes or like big lines at the gas stations. We're going to see that this summer, by the way. Yeah. And so another reason to go into debt, moderate debt that you can pay back um, for necessary prepping items is they may not be around like tomorrow. And so that's another reason to use a little bit of debt is because stuff may not be around. Factor number four is something we talked about in our original show, but apparently was lost on the person who thought we were talking about not paying stuff back. And that is interest rates. Now we've alluded to this, but let's put a little bit more detail on this. Uh, interest rates now are low. They're going to become higher on everything from houses to credit card debt because of inflation. If you've got a source of credit that has a low interest rate, lower than inflation. Like a line of credit, a HELOC. And in effect, indirectly a mortgage. Yes. Because if you have a mortgage and you're paying $1,000 a month at 2.75% interest, 
if you just pay your thousand dollars a month, dear person who sent in that thing, we're talking about actually paying a mortgage, not skipping out on one like you implied. But anyway, when you pay that thousand dollars a month because you're obligated to do it, cool, awesome. What we mean is don't go for that emotional high, that emotional kick of, man, I'm doubling my payments. I put an extra thousand dollars on my home loan because that feels really good. And like I said in the first segment, oh, great, you've now paid off your mortgage in 20 by 2041 instead of 2042 good on you that thousand dollars you didn't spend back in 2021 could have bought you two berkey water filters see where i'm going with this and and that's the one dimensional yes again god bless him dave ramsey model which worked before everything went dynamic this last year so that let me just put that out there too and let me sum up our debt topic with one example that will tell you everything we've been saying what if there were some kind of program, I don't know what it is, where you could pay 1% interest to buy gold and silver. Uh, you should do that because number one, it's fixed 1% interest. Everything we said about interest rates gets thrown out the window if it's a variable rate. Credit cards, by the way, are largely variable rates. Sometimes they, they're capped at like 23% for six months or something. If inflation goes bananas, you can bet your bupkis that the credit card companies are going to call up their buddies in the federal government and the federal regulators are going to allow the credit card companies to up those rates to 50% or whatever they want to raise them to. And so, abs is stinking lately. You better pay those off. Yes, exactly. Because that makes sense. Because that's math. Like, and you can't so, argue like, with math. Take that extra $1,000 that you were put it on, on the 50% exactly. stuff. And that's a straight up Dave Ramsey right there. Yep. Straight up. So, but if you had a fixed rate 1% APR, and could buy gold and silver that you know will be worth way, way more very, very soon. There's no argument about that. This is not the gold and silver show, but trust me, I think well, $5,000 an ounce gold is entirely possible coming great, up pretty soon. It's currently 2000 Anyway, that would be an example because it meets all the criteria. Number one, the purpose of the debt. Well, gold and silver is a really good, useful prepping thing. Number two, inflation's a factor. So we, when you've got a fixed rate, you're, you're beating inflation. Uh, number three, scarcity. Uh, gold and silver coins, uh, hallmarked coins, which are kind of the only thing to get for a variety of reasons on previous shows, uh, is really hard to get right now. If you want gold and silver, you best be getting it now. Call All American Gold. My buddy Joe Jaquint, I make no money on this. He's a cool guy. I'm a customer. I steer you to him just because he's the best in the business and he's one of us. The fourth factor is also satisfied with this 1% APR for gold example, and that is an interest rate that is number one, lower than inflation, and number two is fixed. So you can see with this example, we sort of summarized all of our thoughts on the good uses of debt, but let's emphasize this again. It is very rare for there to be good uses for debt. 1% APR on gold? is kind of a rare commodity. <laughs> In fact, I don't know that's ever happened. So most debt for most stuff at most interest rates is bad and should be paid off. I don't think we can be more clear. Nope. And so give yourself kind of permission to open up your mind a little bit and think differently in this dynamic culture. And real quick, I want to mention one of our other great sponsors, Jared Savick. He and his awesome wife are realtors in the Kalispell, Montana area. They have a good idea what it takes to make a good prepping property. So whether you want a turnkey property or to build your own retreat they can help you they have uh, ideas about what you can do in town out of town and way out of town for your prepping ideas if you're thinking of relocating i'm encourage you to find them at seize the day montana that's seize the day mt.com and let them know that glenn and shelby sent you and i'm going to mention two sponsors real quickly also one is katie armor c-a-t-i that stands for come and take it armor they make steel body armor for um you know body armor for plates and all that uh, use the coupon code grant and you get 10% off and then our last sponsor but by no means the least is Backwoods Home a great magazine quarterly magazine yes it comes in the mail yes it's on paper yes it sits on your coffee table for a couple years and acts as a reference source and it's awesome now uh, you can get six dollars off a yearly subscription which is only off the top of my head 47 bucks by using the coupon code six off and that's the number six N-O-F-F, and that rounds out our sponsors. And now we're going to very gracefully transition to mutual assistance groups. A couple thoughts on this. Why are we even talking about this? 
a variety of reasons. Um, before I get into those, I will say this. We have done two episodes on this general topic, and I commend them to you, and that's episode 67, which was on tribe and mutual assistance groups. That was about a year or two ago. And episode 105, which was on camp operations and about the dozen or 17, I can't remember which, roles and jobs there are in a base camp, forward operating base, a with bug a, out location. With a mutual assistance group model. And how you need a lot of people yeah. to do all those roles. So what has changed? Well, <laughs> Glenn and Shelby's life experience has changed. Number one, we've learned some things, we figured some stuff out and we want to pass it on to you, which is why I'm calling this episode um, an update on mutual assistance groups. And the other thing that has changed, and we'll talk about this as we weave in a uh, an excellent email from one of our listeners that we're going to use as the basis for this topic. The other thing that's changed is now that we're in the process of relocating to Montana, and oh, by the way, video bonus show number 51, which will be up by the time people listen to this, which is available to Patreons at the $5 and up level. Uh, is our KHNC radio show that I do every week. Shelby joined me on it, but here's why I bring it up in the context of the Montana home. During the videoing of the show that we did, I picked up the uh, computer and spun it around and you can see our Montana home, at least the living room, um, and a pretty amazing fireplace that's like something you got to see to believe. Anyway, if you're curious what the there Montana might have place- been a peek over your shoulder from- There was from a little, little- elfin-like creature named Shelby. Yep. There you mm-hmm. go. So, so anyway, I bring that up. So what has changed? Let's, um, Shelby, why don't you describe the update portion of this? What has changed with us? What have we learned right. on this topic? So we, you and I have always lived in a blue state for as long as we've been preppers. And we have come from the point of view of we're staying in our blue state. We've got roots here. We're staying here. Last and, holdouts. And, and, it's a forward operating base. And we need to be able to hunker down and yeah. protect the assets that we have, the prepping we have, and protect the people that we have made an agreement with. Because we're surrounded by unprepared, idiotic leftists in a blue state. Right. And that means you prep in a particular direction, the hunkering down, the base, the base camp, the forward operating base, a large team of gunfighters is and, what and we're a talking lot of it about. Is, a lot of it is about protecting mm-hmm. and uh, feeding the protectors mm-hmm. and keeping operations going. And so there's so that. It's mo- got a military vibe it does. to it. It very yeah. much does. The difference is, and we had this discussion in a recent trip to Montana where it's like. This is what we talk about because we're We weirdos. don't need that model as much yeah. as before. We need more tribe. We just need more. We need to lean more and develop friendships right. and develop tribe. And tribe is far more less f- of a military vibe yes. because everyone around us, not everyone, but most people around us are to one degree or another like us and they're to one degree or another prepared. And so they're not going to be the starving hordes of leftist idiots that are going to come out of the cities like locusts. That's not a problem in Montana. And so one of the questions that came up in this email was, uh, so as I understand it, you have a team or a tribe. Are they interchangeable? And then groups of teams that make up mags. What's the difference between the two? That's the difference. The difference is mutual assistance group is very security focused, very hunkering down, Fort Knox protecting the perimeter. Team and tribe, I'm going to say tribe, is more getting to know your neighbors and completely is foundational on the friendship. And in this email, um, this gentleman explains how he and his wife very much disagree on OPSEC. She doesn't trust anyone unless she has known them for a quarter of a century. He's like, there's got to be a balance there to make sure that you can develop your tribe, your people that you can rely on without OPSEC. So, what so are let's develop that thought. Yeah. In a blue state... I primarily, I don't think Shelby's at fault for this. I made a mistake. Yeah. And here's a mistake I made, and here's how I fixed it when it comes to OPSEC. In all honesty, I didn't see it at the time, but I can see it now. I was trying too hard to develop, you know, tribe. I was trying to to support network. An example would be if I met a guy who was a locksmith, I like sat down in my mind, started figuring out how can I get this guy folded into this group of ours? Cause he's a locksmith. And I was then, you know, maybe talking too much, uh, giving this locksmith too much information. I mean, he seemed cool, but wasn't really vetted. I was taking risks, unnecessary risks, mm-hmm. because the time frame this is happening in is 2020. We have an election coming up that we all thought would be very, very violent. And it was like, geez, we got to get 
a big group together with a lot of skills and a lot of security focus, and we have to do it right now. So I took more risk than I probably should have, didn't vet people uh, like I should have, um, and just was casting out my net, which was a mistake. And you can, by the way, the hiccuping, that's a chemo thing for real. Google it. Don't Google it. Just put it in DuckDuckGo and yeah, go from there. That's yeah, that's what I meant. So that is something that's changed when it comes to OPSEC. So in contrast to the blue state frenzy of, oh, my goodness, we need a bunch of people, right, with a bunch and, of skills. And, and I want to point out, just like the debt thing, it was kind of a based on emotion. Yeah, it was. And there needed to be a little bit of pull. And I, I remember during some of them, like, dude, pull it back a little bit. Yeah. It's OK. And where I think at the time that this was going, especially in the community that we're in right now, about ready to leave, there were hindrances yes. and we were able to pull them as we look back, you know, in hindsight, it's always so much better. Hindrances to developing good relationships, friendships that would have been tribe. Had things been, had certain circumstances been differently, we would have been, had different, we would, so I'm not going to just so you guys right. know, you know, we're saying like certain circumstances, you're like, well, what's that? They're not prepping, really. they're purely social right. situations. People that we were hanging out with that it turns out probably wasn't the best idea to exactly. hang out with because we found out later. Work situations. Work situations, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, there's that. Yes. So OPSEC, um, is there a way around it? I don't know. Here's the thing. You have to be cognizant of it. Sounds like you and your wife um, the, to the email, um, to the listener with the email. You guys are. But you have to open up a little bit. The only thing we can come up with is spending the time to really get to know people. How much time is that? I don't know. But here's what we can say. You need to spend time and really get to know people. And not about prepping stuff. This talk is about the, fishing. This is the barbecue thing. This is the barbecue this thing. This is what we talk about. I think the best way to develop tribe is social settings, the barbecues. Go to the Panhandle Preparedness Expo. Go to places. Go to the ham radio classes. Go to gun stores. Go to women's self-defense classes. That's where you meet like-minded people in this arena. Yeah. And to emphasize this again, don't be a dope like Glenn Tate and try to force it, try mm -hmm. to cast your net too wide. Now, if you live in a red state, you're not going to have to do that. Now, I'm generalizing, obviously. You guys know everything we say is a generalization. Well, and I will say we're moving to a red state. We've talked about this. We just want to become integrated in our community and become part of our, the community that we're going to be in. It's going to be church. It's going to be some classes. It's going to be the kids' football games. And we're going to meet people and we're going to develop and do the hard, time-consuming work of friendship. So what I will say to this wife, the whole, I don't trust anyone unless I've known them for years. That's a luxury. That's, that, uh, sorry, well, that's, it's a luxury. You and can't it's do a, that these days. You can't do that these days. Because time is too short. If, if we were having this conversation in 1980, you know, we, and we different. were talking about 30 years from now, something bad's going to happen. That would be different. And one of the things you mentioned about going to baseball games and stuff like mm -hmm. that, when she's talking about all that stuff, the barbecue stuff, the purely social stuff, we're not going to a barbecue or a baseball game and talking about prepping stuff. It doesn't exist in our conversations. Uh, we keep it hidden. We have in, in our new town, we have a physically separate office space where our studio is. And so nobody is nobody's going to like run into us in, in front of a bunch of microphones, you know, with a <laughs> with a sign that says prepping 2.0. So we've taken steps. So we're going to be average citizens doing average social and business relationship stuff and prepping isn't anything we talk about outside of our teeny little group then we do have one in montana about four or five people of really good solid vetted people and so we're going to be human beings first and preppers second and in that being human beings that's where you just let the hard work of developing friendships happen. And I think, and you, correct me if I'm wrong and what your thoughts are on this, Glenn, when the poop hits the fan and things get very dynamic and some of the panic comes in and people act completely different in a crisis situation, mm -hmm. that's when, sadly, unfortunate, unfortunately or fortunately, I think people that you perceived as being weak before and in, in pristine conditions will step up and people you thought were strong and mighty are going to fold like a bad suit. 
that will be your clarifying moment. But right now you need to just keep, you know, keep your eyes on people. I will say a friend of mine that I've developed, she's a prepping mindset, but she's not strong there. Her her mental capacity is not strong. And I've only learned that by getting to know her. Over time. Yeah. I would say this, when you go into, well, when you're making any decision, it's often helpful to say, what are the upsides and what yes. are the downsides? I know it's a cliche. So let's examine this when yes. it comes to how open you should be about prepping when it comes to getting a, a mutual assistance group or tribe or whatever, or team or something together. What are the upsides of you sort of early on and casually and sort of fully describing the prepper stuff? I think about zero. Yeah. Um, what are the downsides? Well, the downsides are obvious. Um, so go into it looking like that. I don't know of many situations uh, that when which you could say to a near stranger, hey, we got a bunch of food. You want to be part of the crew. I mean, mm-hmm. I can't really conceive of any scenarios where that's a good idea. And I'll, and I'll emphasize this. It is entirely different if you are in an area surrounded by people who are either prepared, semi-prepared, as long as they're not completely dependent on stimulus checks. And I'm serious. I'm not trying mm-hmm. to be funny. That's a very low bar I've set. But the more people you're around who are dependent this just doesn't work. Right. And so and so once again, even when it comes to something seemingly um, separate of a topic as mutual assistance groups, location, 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 right. it affects everything. Well, and folks who live in rural communities live already at a level of rep- preparedness because to drive 30 minutes to go to the grocery mm-hmm. store to get milk doesn't work. It's not practical. So I'm going to uh, also say the flip side of that, the other end of that, and this person brought this up in the email, is to lone wolf it. Just when when the poop hits the fan, we're just going to live on our own. That's nope. re- that's the lone what we call the lone wolf. You're going to lone wolf it. Almost impossible to do and live. You can't. It, it, yeah, there's got to be a balance a, it, it's there. It's not even a choice. It's no. not even. It's not even practical. No one is suggesting lone wolfing, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's a choice between knocking on a stranger's door saying, hey, neighbor, I'm a prepper, and lone wolfing. I mean, there's so much in between that oh, right. makes more sense. And that's, that's where you kind of have to find that balance yourself. I will, I will say this. To answer this person's specific questions, if you live in anywhere blue that has a heavy blue influence, the model is mutual assistance group. If you live in a rural-ish community, a, a tight four to five person tribe will will do pretty good. Lone wolfing it is not an option and just going fully let's just depend on the government to fix this all is not an option either. So there's and there's a spectrum in there and you need to find it for yourself. But um he his he seems like he's lone wolfing except for immediate family. Hey if you're that, me, might, work. that might work for you and that's good. Um, but I do think just cutting if i don't know you for 20 years you can't be i can't i no that's i think you're you in that moment in that cutting somebody off because you don't know them long enough you could actually be cutting off somebody who could be really crucial and helpful and a good team member so there's that so what else yeah this is something that is so situation dependent so case by case that it is impossible to come up with definite answers. We'll give you some of our ideas and what we've done, and we'll um, refer you back to episodes uh, 67 and 105, and you can get a lot of stuff out of that. May I go on to um, our listeners? And I don't know that we have permission to use his name, so whenever we don't have permission, we don't use his name. But um, you know who you are, sir. Um, Another question he asks is, and I'll go ahead and and launch this, Shelby, and you can follow up with some Good color commentary. How many people, he asks, should I have on my team? I assume there are some specialties that we need at least one person who can do each. Farming, fighting comms, which I <laughs> never thought of before. Hearing you on uh, We Like Shooting, which is a great podcast I was on. Um, construction, et cetera. What's a manageable size? Well, here is the, the thoughts we have on the size of a team. Again, I'll refer people back to episode 67 and especially episode 105. Yes. 105 was about all the jobs uh, at a what we were calling then a forward operating base, uh, a camp, a bug out location. Um, that will tell you how many roles there are of important stuff that needs to be done. Now, that's different than how many people I should have. Ideally, and I really think it was 17 on there. It was in Ideally, the Ideally, you'd yeah. have 17 people and each one you know, would have their specific role. Kind of unlikely. Um, 
And he says, I assume there are some specialties we need, at least one person who can do each. Yes, this is true. There are specialties. I think it's quite a luxury to have one, as I say, one person for each one. This is where skills come in. Yes. This is where you're going to have to be a jack of many trades. You're going to have to Excuse me, it's the chemo hiccups again. Yeah, you got chemo this, hiccups baby. do not taste good, by the way. Oh, oh so geez. Thanks, thanks Why did for I sharing. Do? Sorry, listeners. Oh, God. Next. It's only audio. There's no taste feature to radio, so you guys are lucky. Um, and some specialties. Uh, you're going to have to be a jack of all trades. This is where the time comes in. One of the cool things about learning skills is that, for the most part, it's free. Uh, we were just talking about debt. This doesn't cost any money. And when I say learning skills, I don't mean mastering them. I mean, going on YouTube and learning some basics of some stuff, maybe getting some basic tools, um, even things you're not initially interested in. I tell the story about PAM Radio, uh, it, you know, which prepper amateur radio, pam-radio.com, if you care to order the electronic flashcards that were the product of this. I wasn't terribly interested in communications and radios and stuff. I sat down, I realized how important it was, sat down and did it. And now there are these flashcards that everybody can use and they can learn all this stuff. So um, don't limit yourself to stuff you're interested in, because if you spend four hours a night watching beekeeping videos, you're not being a jack of all trades. You're being a jack. Ah, you thought I was going to say oh, it. I, yes, I you. see what you did there. I tricked you. So um, what's a manageable size? This is really going to depend That's on a, a variety one. of things. One of the factors on size will be how close everybody is. If people are not naturally close to each other, and by close to each other, usually traditionally it'd be a family. If people aren't 100% close to each other, maybe there hasn't been a lot of time to develop stuff, probably the smaller the better because the more people you have, the more opportunity you have for disagreement and drama and all that other stuff. Um, so there's that. Another factor that is a big one when it comes to sizes of mutual assistance groups or tribe or whatever you want to call it. It's how much land you have and how much land you're operating on. And I think, Shelby, we are running up against the after show time constraint. So why don't you take us out? Wow. So we're going to continue this thought in the after show. Don't go away, folks. We have so much more to talk about. And let's not forget what Benjamin Franklin told us. Failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. All the information you've heard today, including all our previous shows, is online at prepping2-0.com. Find out more about Glenn's books at 299days.com and Shelby's books at agreatstate.com. Until next time, be smart, be safe, and be prepared.